You want to help make the world a better place. And you can. Every action you do can make a difference, even buying clothes. I want to tell you about GrapeCat. GrapeCat.com is an online vegan-themed retail store carrying all of your fashion needs, from t-shirts to coats and wallets to duffel bags and everything in between. GrapeCat.com prides itself on carrying eco-friendly and U.S.-made merchandise. If you want to buy really great clothes while making sure that you're not buying into companies that exploit animals for profit, GrapeCat.com is for you. Check out their online store today. They also donate a percentage of all purchases to animal charities. For great clothes and to support a great cause, GrapeCat.com. Express your love for all things vegan with GrapeCat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Hey, Grape Cats. I'm James Lucas, and welcome to episode 17 of the Grape Cat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. Yeah, creating a vision, seeking our passion. Grape Cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the U.S., eco-friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. GrapeCat.com for more. Please follow us on Instagram at GrapeCats. More and more people are looking for good quality clothing, bags, and accessory that lessen the impact on our environment. GrapeCat makes it easier for you to find the top quality animal and eco-friendly product. At GrapeCat, we do the research that saves you time and money. If you're looking for products that make a difference, visit GrapeCat.com today. And while you're there, make sure to check out our events page to see where we will be next. On today's podcast, I talked to Angela Hubbs, a certified personal trainer, yoga teacher, and Pilates instructor. Angela has lost 50 pounds to become an Ironman triathlete. Angela has some great tips about starting a fitness program and why you should hire a fitness trainer. Here is Angela. How and why did you become vegan? So I remember I turned 19 and that was the last time I ever let meat hit my lips. So it's been, I'm 32 now, so you'd have to do the math for me. <laughs> but that's, I, that was the last time. It started off that I just liked the way I felt not eating meat. However, it ended up turning into an ethical issue for me that I really hated the way animals were treated. There's no reason we have to torture our food before we eat it. So I don't usually have any problem with people eating meat. I lived in Alaska. Like there's no, you can't farm in ice, you know, so I get it that you have to hunt to live, but there's no reason that the rest of us have to have factory farmed milk. There's no need for that. I mean, I mean, first of all, nobody needs to be doing milk anyway. There's no need that we need to torture chickens or goose. You know, there are ways that we can do farming in a responsible way that honors the gift that is these creatures. It started off, I just felt better in my body. And so I just, I just cut it out. I loved the way I felt. And I got really connected to how my body felt. I felt light and lean and my skin cleared up. I just love the way I felt not eating meat. 
And how did you find out about it? Is it something you read, a movie, a friend? Actually, it started with uh, Super Size Me. So since then, I mean, so it started, okay, I won't ever eat McDonald's ever again. Okay, so now I won't ever eat fast food ever again. And I was like, you know what? Screw the, all that stuff. I just won't eat meat again. So the last time I ever had McDonald's was before I was 19. And then it went from there. And how did you become a personal trainer? So I've always been in the fitness industry. I started off like teaching water aerobics when I was a pool operator and a lifeguard when I was 15. And from there, I just loved the fitness world. So I became a Pilates instructor. And that's one-on-one a lot of the times anyway. So when I moved to New York about six years ago, I decided that I wanted to be a well-rounded fitness professional. So I'm a yoga instructor. I teach TRX. I teach kettlebells. I teach swimming. And as a personal trainer, certified to do that. I have such a a fun skill set that no person I work with is doing the same thing. Do people have to see you in person or are you doing other things online? How would someone work with you? So I, I definitely have opened up a whole new realm of online uh, so I do Skype sessions. I do group group training now online, which is really fun. I do online live stream classes. Uh, the downside to those is I can't see people on the other end. There's definitely group online things. And if you're in New York, by all means, you can hang out with me at one of the many classes that I teach or workshops that I teach. What's the biggest lesson you've learned about being a personal trainer? That it's not about me. Anyone who wants to work with other people have to get out of their own way and make the work about the other person. I learned that real quick uh, once I started teaching yoga. I've, I've been to classes where yoga teachers do the practice, but it's so, it's almost disrespectful of the teacher to not pay attention to, the, to us in the class because we're there to learn from the teacher. We're not there to just follow. We could just be watching a video at home if that was the case. So any personal trainer, any coach has to get that the practice of teaching, of being with another individual is just that. It's about them not about you as the trainer. How would you explain a personal trainer to a newcomer? I would say your typical personal trainer is not me. They might not answer this the same way I would. I am your support. I am your partner in creating not just the body that you want, but the life you want to create. So like I have a client who loves wine. There's no reason you have to give up wine to have the life and the body that you want. So every step that I take with a client is about not just creating a body, but a whole life that makes you excited. What keeps you interested in personal training? My clients. Learning how to best be efficient and effective. Uh, In fact, there's, there's a little like fear in it that what if what I'm doing doesn't work for this person? So what keeps me going is how can I better what's going on? What's another way that I can reach this person? I have VIP clients I have now that I, I, some of them require a text every morning to get out of bed and get themselves moving. It's about empowering people to work without me. And so where do your great ideas come from to help your client? Reading, trying it out on myself, exploring, playing around on the internet, 
seeing what other people are doing. Nothing is new. I mean, you know, I, I remember when I first started teaching yoga, I, I sat in this place of, oh, no, I can't come up with a new idea uh, of how to go from this pose to that pose. And when I'm with clients, you know, oh, no, I don't want it to seem, you know, boring. Nothing is new. So embracing the idea that we get to share and recycle and really be in partnership with I guess the collective consciousness of what exercise can be. What drives you mad about personal training? Trainers on their phone. Trainers who don't give a crap about the person in front of them. So that drives me nuts, watching other trainers. What is one behavior or trait that you've seen derail more people? The all or nothing mentality. And I used to fall into this too when I was younger, that unless I can spend an hour at the gym it didn't count and I shouldn't do it. Unless I can eat perfectly from here until forever, I I eat one piece of candy and oh, it's done, that's it, all my work is done, I might as well eat the rest of this cake. People don't get that it's about small little changes. It's not an all or nothing game. You get to live your life. You get to enjoy that cake, just not every day. You get to have a day off. But you just want to make sure that every day you take one little step in the direction you want. And do you think that would be a good way for someone to start training is just take that first step or would it be better for them to get a trainer? I, so here's, here's what's interesting. Everyone knows how I mean, to some degree. Everybody knows that you could get on a treadmill and you could just go walk and that counts as exercise. Everyone knows to some extent what exercise should look like. Trainers are accountability. That is really what people pay us for. It gives people a reason to go to the gym. So if you need an accountability buddy, I would say yes, get a trainer because it makes you get your butt out the door and it makes you step into the gym. However, if that's not something you want to take on, then think small steps. Again, for instance, I have another client. This is one of my VIP clients. I told him... Your job this week for the next 10 days is to simply walk into the gym. You're going to send me a picture. You don't have to do anything there. You just walk into the gym, you send me a picture, and you leave. But here's what happened. He walked in, he got on a treadmill, and he was on there for five minutes. And then the next day, he was on there for 10 minutes. It's about taking action. And I think we get stuck at what it might look like that we just don't take action. So if there's one little thing that you could do today, that's... All it takes is one little step every day in the right direction. What do you wish you knew before starting your business? So as an entrepreneur, I kind of wish I would have known that it's a lot of hard work. (laughs) I think I stepped into the world of entrepreneurship thinking that, oh, if you want it enough, it will just fall into your lap. And I think my big wake-up call came when I'm like, oh, I have to do that too? I wish I would have known in the beginning that it really was a lot more work than, than people make it look like. Other entrepreneurs make owning a business look really easy. So for me, it was about, all right, there's a lot more work in it than it looks. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, we don't see all of the hard work of you know working 18 hours a day or, or what they what it took them to get to that spot. We just see their success and go, oh, I can do that. Right. No, and I think my family thinks I play on, uh, on Facebook a lot. I think my family thinks... Uh, yeah, she works hard, but she plays on Facebook. That's really what she does all day. She just hangs out in the gym and plays all day. 
Right. That's not at all what I do. Who has had a tremendous impact on you? One of the most powerful people I've met in my recent past is someone who encouraged me to have courageous conversations. I don't know if she's written any books yet, but she's probably got a couple coming out. Her name is Elizabeth Webb. She's really inspired me. She's one of my really good friends. And she's really inspired me to not be afraid to go where it's uncomfortable. And I think as an entrepreneur, as even an athlete, really getting comfortable in uncomfortability is the secret to growing as a person in your business, in your life. What has been your biggest struggle? Letting go that life has to be balanced. I think um, in my head, everything has to fit in a box. Again, as a business owner, like I want it to be easy and I want it to look a certain way. Letting go that it's going to be perfect has been key to me growing as a person, as a business owner and all that. What has been your biggest victory? My biggest victory was finishing my first Ironman. I, uh, I remember I trained for almost a year to be able to cross that finish line. Uh, and it was one of the most proudest moments of my life. So just so you know, an Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then you run a full marathon. To be an Ironman, you have to do all that in under 17 hours. And so how did you start training for that? The same way I tell, I, I just told you and all of my clients, you start slow. You start small. So when I first started the world of triathlons, I could barely run a mile. So it and or let alone swim too. So it was about okay. So today I can run one mile. Okay, great. So I did that. So the next day maybe I can run a mile and a step. Maybe I can bike ride a mile and a half. So it was about taking one day at a time and growing one day at a time. I wasn't uh, I wasn't focused on how far I had left to go. It was, what am I capable of today? Have you seen more and more vegans doing triathlons? I, you know, it's interesting. There's a huge movement of protein, protein, especially with the paleo diet that's come out. However, every successful bodybuilder or triathlete, they actually hold uh, like a really special place, especially when they win. There is a crap, and I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up. There is a ultra triathlete who is vegan, and he's completely influenced what nutrition looks like for us triathletes. The problem is a lot of foods that are for endurance sports are very processed and very sugary. So it's interesting seeing. Uh, when athletes come from a place of actual health <laughs> and uh, and ethics, you know, when it comes to food. What is a book or movie you would suggest for someone wanting to be a personal trainer, a uh, vegan, or um, do triathlons? So I think one of my favorite triathlon books, it's the Triathlon Bible. Shoot, I can't, hang on. So let me, let me actually get it because that way I can actually give you the name of it. But it was one of the best books I had found on, oh, it's called The Well-Built Triathlete, and it goes through, uh, it's by Dixon, what's his first name? Matt Dixon, uh, and it's like the Bible 
of how to compete, how to train, how to eat. Um, it's not specifically vegan. The, the one I would suggest that's vegan would be that super endurance guy. And I'm going to have to look up his name because I can't remember uh, his name. So I've only read some of his blogs, but I know he's got a book, about, uh, a book out about how he's been able to train and compete at such a high endurance level as a vegan. So it's been really interesting reading some of his blogs. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. Okay, we'll, we'll find it and I'll put a link on the website for it. What are you grateful for? I am so grateful for living in New York City, for having the opportunity to run into so many amazing people, for getting to live the life that I get to live. I feel very grateful, actually, that I met you that I was able to go to an event where I met you, that I, um, that I get to do all this. I mean, where else in the world can you go and move and build a career, a business with what you love to do? I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never really had to grow a, a business anywhere else, but I know living here in New York, you can do anything. You can be anything here. And as long as you're willing to put the work in, you can build anything. So I'm just really grateful that I live in such a place where I have the support of people around me and I get to do what I love. What is the best way for people to contact you? Um, probably the best way to contact me is on my website, AngelaHubs.com. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to the Grape Cat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the show notes at grapecat.com. Do us a favor before you go, please take a few seconds to rate this podcast. It is a key way to get this podcast higher in the ranks, which will make it more accessible to people who truly need this information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Make sure you never miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing. If you have any questions or guest ideas, please send them to podcast at grapecat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Creating a vision, seeking our passion. Great cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the US, eco friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more.